3: Welcome to Morenita, a deep dive into the Latinx experience. With Morenita, we want to create a community and a shared space with you while sharing knowledge and inspiration. This show is about celebrating our culture with guests who exemplify the best of us. I'm Darilyn Castillo, y te invito. Oye, mi gente, before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Oye, mi gente, today we have a very, very special episode for you. That's right, very special, because this time, I'm the one in the hot seat. That's right, your favorite host here on Moranita, Darilin Castillo, is getting interviewed. Our producer here at Sonoro, Carlos Arenado, will be leading this one today to ask me all of the questions. And when I say all of the questions, I mean all the questions. I'm so excited to share this with you guys because you can now have a little bit more of a glimpse about where I come from, what I'm passionate about, and learn about what my favorite things are. As I mentioned, Carlos Arenado leads this conversation beautifully, and trust me, you are in good hands. Carlos mentioned he was a bit nervous, so be kind, but I also felt this feeling very strongly because... I still get a bit nervous to this day about interviewing some folks. We are more than 30 episodes in on Morenita, pat on the back, and those butterflies still get me, but once the conversations begin to flow, all of those nerves, they just melt away and I find myself really feeling inspired and better than when I walked into the interview. That's how I felt after this one. Not only was it just so nice to share myself with you all, it was a beautiful reminder of why I'm doing this podcast. Morenita is intended to be a safe space for us Latina people to share opinions, share our stories, and share our differences and our likes. Morenita is a space for learning and understanding. So every time you click on a story, you get something different. There's something to take away in each episode. Today, I hope that you take away something special with my story. For me, words like perseverance, growth, and hope came to mind for me during this interview. They invito to listen to this one and see what pops up for you.
4: Okay, welcome to Mordenita. My name is Carlos. I'm one of the producers here at Mordenita. And happy 4th of July. This week, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. And we're going to put Darilyn, your favorite Mordenita host, on the hot seat. And I'm going to ask her questions. So if I may, for the first time,
3: Darylin, welcome to Mordenita. I'm really happy that this is happening right now. You're a natural.
4: You know, this uh, (laughs) this is what the people have been clamoring for. This is what all of America wants.
3: I told you. I told you. No, I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy that we're doing it. On this July Fourth weekend moment, there's so much. There's, there's so much to talk about. <laughs>
4: there's so much, and so much of it is uh, makes me want to get into a ball and cry. So, but we're not going to talk about any of that stuff today. We're just going to have some fun. Yes. Yes. Um, any? Do you do anything for the Fourth?
3: I'm remodeling my house. All I'm right. I'm I'm literally like in this adulting go mode. <laughs> right now where it's like we, we're trying to get this backyard done we have a house in florida so my fiance andres is going down there so i'm uh, gonna be home by myself okay. so i'll probably like make a fire in the fire pit like right. after doing yard work you know, okay. like, drink some presidentes you know what i'm saying
4: i mean president <laughs> and fireworks i mean that's that's the dominican way
3: it sounds pretty american for me <laughs>
4: so. what is uh are you a big fireworks fan
3: I love fireworks. I actually, I cry every time. Every time I, yeah, it's a thing. It makes me very emotional.
4: Wow. So I grew up in Florida and like I went to Disney World all the time. They have fireworks every night. And just like, I saw so many fireworks that like, I can't get moved by them. Like I just, I see them. I'm like, cool. That's great.
1: Wow.
3: That's interesting. Disney's like, that's where I cry the most.
4: Yeah. There's a part of me that's dead inside. So (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What what scares me is that part keeps growing every year.
3: Does it? It's just like more and
4: more <laughs> dies inside of me every year. So yes, yeah, so I'm just going to be a, a hollow shell soon.
3: Gosh. Yeah. Fireworks yes. are, they make me so, they make me so happy. And like, I mean, they, they freak my dogs out.
4: Yeah. My dogs oh, are yeah. like
3: terrified of fireworks, but I love them. I cry. They're just so beautiful. I'm like, it's just, I don't know. I don't See, know. That,
4: that's the correct emotion. That's what you should feel when you. That's say what fireworks. I should feel. Okay. That's what everyone should feel. That's what human yeah. beings should feel. But I don't.
3: You got to bring some happiness in your life.
4: <laughs> you know. Yeah. It keeps. It uh, <laughs> keeps my therapist employed. So hey, uh, we'll keep going with it. So you've been busy lately.
3: I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Let's... I'm exhausted, but good exhausted. Like you yeah. know, there's times where it's like where I also don't know how to be still. Mm-hmm. So. That's something that I talk to my therapist about. Um, yeah, I don't know how to be still. Like, I just feel like it's never enough. And then, like, when my plate's, like, overflowing or too full, yeah. then, like, then I start, like, then I start, you know, shedding, shedding the fat.
4: <laughs> Were you always that way? Like, as a kid, did you just never sit still? Did you always have to be doing something? Like, let's yes. let's, let's unravel this. Where you How did this become you, your personality?
3: Yeah, I think it's my mom. Because my mom is is like that. She's always doing something like it's never enough. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. And I think my mom raised me in that way. So like, you know, I was always doing singing, dancing, acting, gymnastics, like, you know, and it just, I, and I also think that the the route of the industry that I'm in, like, you always feel like you have to be doing something. Yeah. And if you're not doing anything, are you really doing anything at all? Yeah. And COVID helped me sit down because it forced us to.
4: Mm-hmm. but let's talk about the work and this is going to be a really long winded question. So prepare yourself. Okay? <laughs> okay. Take a nap, grab some tea, but <laughs> this is going to be a long one. All right. So you originated the role of Julia in dream house, which uh, was written by Eliana pipes. She was on the show. So if you're listening to this, go ahead, listen to that episode too. It was great. And then you, but you were also famously in Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of your Hamilton performance it was said the real unexpected thrill for me was Darlene Castillo who takes the somewhat thankless track of Peggy <laughs> and Maria Reynolds and somehow makes it a meal that's a great quote all it's of that good. <laughs> it's good it's a great quote all of that to say how do you prepare a character when you're originating a role versus a music first of all it's on stage versus a musical where you it's already been played and you have to inhabit the role and how do you make that your own? How is the two, how's the preparation for the two different?
3: Yeah, I think it's so funny because coming into Hamilton, I was really lucky because we got to originate that company. So mm-hmm. when you're able to originate a company, the mm-hmm. Anne Peggy company was able to originate the role in that, there's a freedom that they give you um, to bring yourself to that role because now oh. that role is set how how I've done it which no. is that's the honor of that and then you know whoever steps into it is filling that but hamilton does a great job at allowing the actor the person shine through that role so it's it's a different it's a different experience than it was for lion king like for lion king that's been around for 15 20 years probably got what 25 now um, that's been around for so long They're on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. So there's a certain box that you have to fill. And Lion King, there's only two productions, tour and the Broadway company. Um,
4: So just for my mom at home. Yeah. So she knows company. Hi, Edna. um, When you say company, that's the, the company is the ones that originated and then they go on tour. So you'll have the the original Broadway show. And then the company will be the different touring that could be in San Francisco, they could be in Milwaukee, and you could have different companies at once.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Okay,
4: so you're saying for each company, you basically get to reinvent the role. I mean, obviously, within the context of the character, but you get to reinvent the role with the shadings that you want to see.
3: Yes,
6: Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in L.A.,
3: my first rehearsal for Hamilton, I remember we got called, you know, separately in the rooms to sing your parts and sing your versions. And I was singing the Mariah Reynolds song with our um, MD at the musical director at the time. And he like stopped me midway and he was like, okay, now I want you to do it again. And I want you to do it as yourself. Mm -hmm. We didn't hire you to like sound like Jasmine Sifa Jones. We didn't hire you to sound like Aubyn, we didn't hire you to sound like, you know, the other Peggies that have been around. Yeah. We hired you because we want you to come through in this moment. And I kind of started crying. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Because I've, I've had experiences in the industry where I've never been able to, like, bring myself to the table, bring myself to the plate. It's True. always about fitting in to the box of mm-hmm. what the character is because it's done so well, because they make so much money off of it. Yeah. that They just, it's a repeat. Yeah. So that was a, a very, like, a moment of freedom in the room where I was like, oh, I get to be myself obviously with limitations still like, you know, you can't riff in certain areas or like add flares and things like that. You just want to rewrite the show. But um, it it was a really good feeling. Now we're talking about dream house, which is like also like just completely different because it's a play. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the playwright was there throughout the entire process of each theater that we reopened in, um, and I was able to build this character with the playwright. I remember the first time when I went in for Dreamhouse, I read the script and it was so phenomenal. And I was like so obsessed with it. And then I get into rehearsal for the first day and I realize that some things are changed in the mm. script. So like our last name was all of a sudden Castillo, my last name. There were some nice moments that the playwright was able to bring Darylin into the play Mm, and Jack and Mariana, the other two fellow actresses. And it was just so cool to like, to have the play right there and like say the words and maybe something didn't feel natural for Darylin. So then she was like, how do you want to say it? Eliana's like, how do you want to say it? And it's like, oh, well I will say it this way. And then she's like, okay, great. And rewrites it. And that becomes the show. Um, So it was a much more intimate process and, and more inclusive just because the show is so fresh and you're originating the role completely. Um, I love plays, though. I love plays.
4: Okay, so when you're preparing preparing that role and the role is of a pregnant woman who's selling a house, uh, (laughs) or I'm sorry, there's a, not selling a house, she's in, they are selling a house, her and her sister.
3: Yes, we're selling the house. We decide to put it on an HGTV show. That's the other third female character, Mariana, yeah. So do you,
4: you've, i uh, do you go and read, uh, books about pregnancy? Do you, um, are you reading books? Like I had, I had an actor friend who had a role. And so he just started reading books that seemed similar to that just to like get mm-hmm. into the character. Is that part of your process with, with, um, Peggy, since she was a real person, did you read the Hamilton book? Like what's your process to get in the skin of these people?
3: So it depends on the role. I used to be that way. I used to be yeah. very like, oh, like I'm singing this opera song. What's the history of the song? Or like yeah. that and that. And I realized that for me, sometimes that's overload. And I and I I sometimes would prefer to come at it from a yeah. different perspective. Now with Hamilton, there was no shying away from Hamilton. It, it was everywhere in all of our faces. Every musical yeah. theater person knew it. I yeah. had gone in for the show prior to booking the Puerto Rico cast. I had gone in for it multiple times. So Mm -hmm. I was very well versed and I did read the book when it first came out. So um, yeah, that was a different experience for for Julia. I've played a lot of pregnant women. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I... I was very familiar with like the – I've played multiple pregnant women in multiple actually new shows and I've played them in different stages. So I even got – I gave birth on stage for one of my roles in college. What was that? In college. Tell me about um, that. That was a Sunday morning in the South. Um, mm. It was a one-act play, probably like one of my top three favorite performances That when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an incredible play, a cr- incredible one-act um, and it's very deep and in, very deeply rooted in um, slavery. And um, my character gives birth on stage, but finds out that I'm giving birth to a boy. And back then that was like a very traumatic thing because a lot of black young boys were being killed. Sure. Um, and I actually, my character, Kills her own baby on stage. Like it was a very like dark, oh, no. very intense. And I was like, I was like nineteen, and I was. Yeah, how can you
4: possibly prepare for that at nineteen? How do you get into that? It's I such just, a dark place to go
3: to. I I love dark stuff, and I and I'll be and I, and even like my role Julia, like she goes into some dark places too. Not that far, not that deep mm-hmm. into the end, but um, you know, just julia loses her mother and then her mother passes away and she didn't even go to say goodbye yeah so there's this like really like deep emotional i just love like emotional like deep, i like to cry okay. <laughs> i'm a cry baby okay. I, I just yeah. i like I, I like i'm not scared of like tapping into like vulnerability i'm not yeah. scared to like dive into that i'm not scared to like go into the realness of those raw emotions it's like one yeah. of my favorites um it's a very interesting thing in theater. It's hard to take musical people like seriously, musical theater people seriously to yeah. the play world, yeah.
4: Yeah. which is
3: just so like, it's just so bleh to me. Cause <sighs> it's like, most of us start off acting, you of know, that's our base, that's our core. I think when you're singing a song, it always starts off with acting, it never yeah. starts off with just the notes, you know? So yeah, preparing for for Julia, like I, I had an experience with, with women, Dealing with pregnancy and that now I'm older and considering one day having children sure. and, and all of yep. that. So I'm in a very different place and I just felt like it was a, a perfect role. I will say this, something that I've never experienced before. So I played a pregnant woman, a six months pregnant woman for like six months. Wow. I didn't know six. Wow. Six, six, six. Dark.
4: Oh, <laughs> you, you do like dark stuff. Yeah. And, and you um, find, uh, Daryl and Rosemary's Baby opening this November. <laughs>
3: Honestly, call my people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I I caught myself acting like a pregnant woman the entire six months. When I say acting like a pregnant woman, I mean like moody for sure, but also like I was like eating a -hmm. lot and Uh like just chilling. Like my whole body was like, like I went into this and I realized like I wasn't it wasn't, not to say that every every woman is is different in, in their process, but I went into this like mindset of like, I don't know, like I, I was more exhausted. I was like tired yeah. more. I felt, yeah. and maybe because I was carrying the actual weight around. So my, the belly that I had was actually seven to 10 pounds. They changed yeah. it depending on the weights that they had available, which also gave me back injury. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um And and it just feeling that weight on my body for six months and like eight times a week and two times in a day, like, and sometimes all day in rehearsal for 10 hours.
4: Yeah.
3: um, I just like was very in this like fog of like, and then I would just come home and I wouldn't like, I've always been a very active, you know, very active going person. And I kind of was a little more laid back than usual. And I don't know if that was a friend of mine was like, oh, it's because you were a pregnant woman for six months. And I was like, hmm. That's true. That could be true. Yeah. It kind of just takes over your life a little bit.
4: You performed in my home island, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, shortly after uh, Hurricane Maria. Mm-hmm. And Lynn took the show back there. He's at uh, Bellas Artes, right? Mm-hmm. He performed at Bellas Artes because, well, he also performed in the Heights. It's, it's a big thing for him, but he really wanted to raise money for the island. While you were there, the island was still amidst its recovery. Mm-hmm. How did it feel aside from obviously the show which is great right and performing it and the love and adoration that the island has for Lynn and for the show but just in general like the feeling of being there for the recovery to seeing the the tarps on the houses like just in general what was your feeling post hurricane maria being on the island
3: I have to say because we were in Gondado like uh, it was very touristy like mm-hmm. The recovery, I didn't really. That area didn't seem like there was a Mm -hmm. hurricane. I'll just be like flat honest with that. Um, There's obviously money there, and like it's obviously Mm -hmm. one of the biggest tourist attraction. And San Juan, in San Juan, I saw a little bit, but like still, also it just and it was really busy because I think Hamilton, because Hamilton was there, of course it was so interesting like you would see the it even the the locals were like oh there these this is all like this is all happening because of you guys that was really cool to experience and i love that the show did something great however like it was a little heartbreaking to see like some of the locals having a hard time coming to see the show yep. and that's just something that for me like i made that like a mission of mine mm-hmm. so like i gathered as many tickets as I could from, from cast members use all my preview tickets. Cause my family came to opening. They weren't coming to the previews. And a lot of us there in the show, we didn't have people in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And also like, I was the only Latina female, yeah. like, you know, like yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't that huge of a presence besides me. I believe me, Lynn, the King and um, my good friend Ruben that we had on the show as well. It mm-hmm. um, was only like a handful of us. So, I made it my mission to invite as many people as I could on the island. Like, that's great. I invited yeah. like the piragua guy. Like, literally. That's, that's fantastic. I went, yeah. I went to like get Hagen Dodds and I invited the girl behind the counter. Like, I yeah. I was just like trying to like.
5: Yeah.
3: People were like, I can't get a ticket. I can't get a ticket. Yeah. They cost a thousand dollars. Like.
5: Yeah.
3: It's and then you know the days that the locals were coming in, which is the students that got the tickets for I believe ten dollars.
6: Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in L.A.,
6: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The line was insane. Yeah, it was
4: crazy.
3: Yeah. I was like, these people are sleeping outside to come and see this show. And the other crazy thing for me was like, some of them didn't even speak English and we're doing the show in English. They just want to be in the room where it happens. And I was just like, two wishes of mine was like, I wish, I wish we did the show in Spanish. That would have been so freaking dope. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's something that's in the works. I don't know. I mean, they're doing German, you know, that's happening now. So, um, maybe eventually that'll be a thing. And I, and I wish that some more locals were able to come out and I, and I know that, and I'm sure Lynn feels equal to some of Mm -hmm. that. Um, but also, like, the mission was to raise as much money as we could for the island. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, like, people came and people spent money.
4: Oh, yeah. People they spent, spent some cash.
3: a lot of money to come and see yeah. that show. So I'm grateful that it did, it, it had, it, it reached its goal and surpassed it. Um, and just to like be there was an honor. Just to be a part of it was an honor to like, to watch Lynn like working in that capacity, like working on that level, like understanding yeah. what it like takes to be yeah. on that kind of level to do something yeah. like this for the island that was like yeah it's like watching oprah work you're <laughs> like <laughs> wow that's cool
4: yeah that's that's fantastic you know i know that yeah. my family uh they didn't get to see the show uh, but they uh the pride that they took in the show being there um and my family most of them were very fortunate with hurricane maria the ones that were affected by hurricane maria luckily we had other family members that could help them and we could assist them, but. Aside from that, it just helped with the national pride, just because mm-hmm. there was just, you know, with um, the orange man throwing the <laughs> paper towels um, and just the, the yeah. constant kind of like, you know, we already feel like second class citizens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to take this like cultural wonder that is touring America and like setting America on fire and to bring it to the island, it just it really does make such a difference to the people living on the island you know, right, who right. so often feel like the, the distant step cousin that nobody pays attention to, you right. know? And so that, so on behalf of the Puerto Rican people, cause I speak for the Puerto Rican people. Thank you for <laughs> performing there. Aww. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it's, it's a really lovely thing. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Tonys.
2: You I were at the, the Tony's, Tonys again. Again.
3: Yes. I want to,
4: so, I mean, there's, there's so many ways we could go with this, but for me, what's the energy like at the Tonys?
3: Okay, so the first so last year was our first year back from the Tonys after Covid the craziness, right. so we didn't have that, yeah, and last year it was downsized. They had it at the winter garden, which is now where Music man is at, and then okay. they they usually have it at Radio City music Hall, yeah, so downsized, a lot smaller because you can't invite as many people Covid sure. is still crazy. My first Tony experience was insane. Like, mm-hmm. I remember being like so nervous. My left arm like went completely numb like an hour before, and wow. the person doing my hair was like, "Oh, that happens to some people that I've done hair and makeup. Like, you're probably just have you drank water? Like, yeah. you're probably a little like anxiety. Like, you're gonna be great." And I was like, oh, "Okay." So doing it's like funny you sh-
4: mentioned that because my left arm went numb before I got this did this interview. <laughs> I felt I felt similar nerves. So anyway, continue.
3: Sorry, go ahead. I'll, sh- I'll show you some uh, warm-ups and massages for that <laughs> I next time. It. So um, So, yeah, so th- I was just I- – I was nervous. It was like yeah. nerve-wracking. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to fall on my face. What if I become a meme? What if I become – you know, obviously, mm-hmm. like, any publicity is good for publicity. So I was like, Daryl, you're going <laughs> to ra- be great. Um, and also, I was masked, which was – Oh, sure. It made me a little less nervous. I mean, at first I was a little annoyed. I'm like, oh, nobody's going to see me. But then it made me a little less nervous because I was like, oh, I can hide behind my mask a little bit and kind of like, I don't have to smile as much. I don't have to be on. I can just with the eyes. But learning experience backstage and those award ceremonies are absolutely insane because those stage managers are, they have a, if they do something wrong and you do something wrong that makes them look bad. It is over for you. Uh, yeah. So I learned very quickly not to give in to that energy and to just literally, like, I felt like it was my job to, like, calm the stage manager. <laughs> like, that year was somebody different this year. But last year, like, he was stressed. Like, I, yeah. when I say, like, tomato, his face was like a red tomato. And he has done, like, the Oscars. He's done, like, the Grammys. Oh. So I'm thinking, he's cool. no. He was like military vibe. Like, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing? What's going on? And I literally at one point was like, I'm not going to say his name. Let's just call him. Yeah. Let's just call him SM. I was like, SM, I got this. Breathe. Sure. Sure. And walk out. So like the first year was kind of like a crazy roller coaster. My second year coming back this time was phenomenal. I had yeah. the absolute best time, yeah. and I think it was because I did it last year. I knew what to expect. Sure. I knew how to like handle myself in that environment.
4: Yeah,
3: um, and I had the best. I actually saved a couple moments um, because the uh, the other SM was like freaking out about something, and they were like, "Do you want Daryl to come over there? She- she's coming. <laughs> you'll, you'll feel better. You'll feel better." <laughs> And yeah. I went over there and, like, it was, I just felt very, like, That's at great. ease. And people yeah. were, like, remembered me from last year. They were, like, what's your name again? I remember you. Yeah. Um, I was, like, kicking it back there with Samuel L. Jackson and his wife. Like, we were just hanging nice. out. Yeah. I, saw, I got to see Lynn again. And Ari, Ariana DeBose was, like, a good friend of mine. And we were just, like, kicking it, too. And, like, it was just cool to be back there and feel like I'm a part of the gang. I'm mm-hmm. here. And also just to provide a little bit of, like, calm vibes. because. Yeah. Necessary. Necessary. For sure.
4: For sure. I think what people don't realize about those shows is that it's 10 decisions being made every second and everybody's supposed to know what they're doing, but nobody knows what they're doing. Exactly. And so you're constantly like wrangling cats. Yes. But if something goes wrong, everybody notices it. Right? And so yep. it's just like, uh, it's a giant Jenga <laughs> yep. that one person is holding up and telling yep. people which parts to pick, you know, and without making a collapse. Okay. We're gonna to get to some random questions here. Okay. Our favorite part of the show. We're gonna just ask some random questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. F Mary Kill. Guineo verde con langüisa? La bandera dominicana.
3: Oh come on. Sancocho. <laughs> oh come on. I can't F. answer Mary this. <laughs> Kill. Come on. Okay. Sancocho. I would F. Okay. You gotta marry the Dominican flag. Ah, oh, you come you gotta marry on. The flag, but you're killing me. Yeah. You know? Okay, that's fine. I respect that's fine. That's good. One of them has gonna, to go away. I'm gonna stick to that. That's my answer. Yeah. Final answer. Yeah,
4: because Sancocho, you just want that. Like,
3: it's I'm a treat. Stop there. Yeah. yeah. Let's stop. <laughs> let's stop there. That's a treat. That's, that's a, a treat.
4: Uh, what's the favorite city you've ever been on tour in?
3: Ah, uh, hard, hard question.
4: Of course, I'm not including San Juan, which we're gonna say is number one, and then. Well, two, I was, then.
3: of course, I mean, that's like, no, that takes yeah, yeah. over everything. Because also we got to spend like a few weeks there kind of mm-hmm. on like vacation mm-hmm. <laughs> slash rehearsal. Was it rehearsal? Um, but yeah, I got to really explore the island and get to know the island. And it was, I was pleasantly surprised, especially being Dominican. I never, I, I mean, I never went to Puerto Rico, which is crazy because there's that, the boat that brings us both to Puerto Rico and DR, you know, the yeah. the, the, the crew, the ship. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. My grandmother's done it a bunch of times. I hadn't done it. So to finally go to Puerto Rico and then like also feel the love. Like, I don't know who made up this Dominican Puerto Rico versus thing. I don't know what who did that. Get out, I, go I, somewhere.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Um, because I felt like I was home and like they I got I I felt loved and cared yeah. for. Yeah. Um okay, second favorite city though. <laughs> Something always brings me back to detroit i know that's such a weird
4: detroit
3: i know i wow. love detroit i really do love detroit Why? what do you
4: love about detroit
3: i don't know what it is i've been there like 4 times now and i've always just had a great time okay the, people, the vibes go to you know hit up a casino yeah <laughs> I, I love detroit
4: I did not see Detroit making the top five. Wow. How about that?
3: Okay. Yeah. Love Detroit. Shout okay. out to Detroit. Love working there. I love the vibes. I love the people. You know what it is? It, I guess it It just reminds me a little bit of New York. Like it has grit. Mm-hmm. It has like real authentic like grit and yeah. history. Uh, just I'm even going to say Detroit pizza. I know. Oh, you
4: like the squares. Yeah, I do like enjoy Detroit the squares. Cell. Yeah.
3: I do enjoy oh. it. I know. Cool. Love Detroit.
4: All right. Little Caesars, if you're listening, we'll take a sponsorship. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, as always, here on Juanita, we always <laughs> close with the same question. What is it that reminds you of home? However it is that you define home.
3: All right. If you know me, you know this answer. It has to be tre- golpe.
4: Go on.
3: <laughs> it has to be tres. Tre- I mean, it's like, it's the, it's the national plate of Dominican. like it's it, it is the plate of dominican republic like i love food i i could be anywhere and anywhere in the world if there's three golpe i'm home i'm like okay. yes thank you very much i even have a mug i got two of them actually for christmas i want to shout out my friends that know me they got me two mugs the same exact gift That Uh has the tregolpe on it. Like it's in clay, like it's clayed. It's made into, it's amazing. And two of my really close friends got me the same exact mug for Christmas. And it just was like, I have to, I use them both every day. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, Tregolpe, man. Salchicha, platano, la cebolla, queso frito. Like that's just everything.
4: Fantastic. That's a good answer. All right. Well, that is um, the end of our time Together today, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this little glimpse into uh, our host life.
3: Carlos, uh, Dar- you did you did such a great job.
4: I'm trying. I'm trying. I can feel my <laughs> left arm now. I can feel it. It's coming back. Um, Darlin', for the listeners at home, where can they follow you?
3: Yes, you guys can follow. Well, first off, Morenita, you guys can follow um, Morenita Podcast on Instagram, and my personal Instagram is Darlin' Melody. That's D-A-R-I-L-Y-N-M-E-L-O-D-Y.
4: Excellent. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at (laughs) plannedparenthood.org or shoutyourabortion.com. If you give uh, $25 to either of those causes, I will be sure to call you. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. I hope you are have a wonderful Fourth of July week, however it is you're celebrating. And we will see you next week here on Morenita.
3: Moranita is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
7: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see
6: Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Oh hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast Climbing in Heels is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist.